Give it up, baby. I've studied all your moves. Yeah, study this! <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Forbidden Technique podcast, where today my usual co-host is not available, but as a replacement, I've got esteemed fight site OGs, Ed and Tumen. So what's going on, guys? Thanks very much for joining me today. I did the podcast by myself once, and I don't want to do that again. And it's good to hear you again, Tumen. Well, I am glad that we're able to help you out to, you know, eh, you know, it's good to be back, but... Uh, uh, it's good to be back, but I'm, I am returning for UFC yeah. London. So. Yeah, what better event it's to do just, it for? Just, uh, I'm an expert on this event. I've seen it three times. Uh, yeah, no, doing a podcast by yourself is actually, I like it because I ramble. I got a big mouth, but I can, I can adapt. I'm flexible. I'm versatile. Um, so I can, I can help you out like this, but you're going to owe me a lot. Big favors coming, coming my way. Well, you know, and obviously, I brought you both in for two absolutely fascinating cards. The aforementioned UFC London and UFC 277, headlined by the rematch. Everybody's been waiting for Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunes. <clears throat> so we might as well get straight on into uh, the UFC London card. Uh, yeah, bit of a letdown compared to the last UFC London card, which is like one of the most like purely entertaining cards I've ever seen. And uh, this one uh, headlined by... Curtis Blades winning by a 15-second knee explosion TKO against Tom Aspinall. And um, not even in a way where, like, at least with last week's one, there was kind of like, oh, was it because of the armbar? Or, like, Blahovich rakic I was kind of like... I, I mean, I actually argued at the time that that was, like, a weirdly replicable result that was consistent with the dynamic of that matchup, that at some point Rakic's legs were just going to fall off. Yeah, he was, he was checking kicks. Yeah, and and moving around in a stupid way. There's there's a whole. But anyway, we talked about that at the time. But um, I I don't even know if that really applies here. Just seems like a big guy just like moved around a lot and his leg fell off. It was unfortunate. It's not even funny. No, it's not even funny. It's not just. It's not entertaining. It's like a warning to all big men: don't move. No moving if you're get, big. If you weigh over two hundred and twenty-five pounds, injured. you should be stationary. 95% of the time, like, if you have to like, use the bathroom, get groceries, like, be very careful. But, yeah, if you, like, do more than a light jog, you, you're gonna, your knees are gonna go. Just, it's not physically possible. We've all, we all agree on this. Like, you know, every single heavyweight MMA fighter deserves a medal for even stepping into the cage. You know, climbing up those stairs is very difficult for them. And just, like, the fact that they can throw punches and, and do anything is just commendable um, that they can do that. And, yeah, just to be fighting with such a handicap uh, is really... You know, hats off to them. That's why they get these main event spots. It's like it's like a charity match almost. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're so proud of our, our brave fighters, <laughs> defying defying the odds. <laughs> the thick blue line, the thick blue line of the UFC, the heavyweights. 
Uh, yeah, uh, I actually just wanted to mention this. Like, Tom Aspinall does have this habit of moving in the way this. I guess this is, you could call it the Team Cowbone house style. The really bouncy, bouncy, like, uh, karate-ish m- movement. Muay Thai, but it's karate. <laughs> it's Muay Thai, but it's karate. It's like in the movie Kickboxer starring JCVD. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but... Um, I'm assuming I have a, do have a pet theory in that he just moving around in such a manner just sort of messed up the ligaments in training in Tom, for, in Tom Aspinall's camp. And that's just uh, the, uh, the leg kick just simply aggravated it. And uh, that's the result of the injury. And that's it. And uh, this should genuinely be a lesson to Tom Aspinall in that he may want to adjust his footwork a little bit. But time will, time will tell whether or not actually do it he seemed pretty wound up in this fight i mean it was only 15 seconds but he, he was fighting anxiously i felt like he was really making it a point to like push hard and move a lot and be aggressive and he just he didn't settle in and like yeah i'm sure he warmed up but yeah if you come out really hard like that right away before you ease into the fight yeah you're more likely to get injured at that point and i agree i think he probably was dealing with something from training camp um i don't think that was a completely spontaneous fresh injury um and the way the kick looked to me um so he landed with like the side of his leg um, and just physically it makes sense that maybe that pushed against the knee a little bit and then when he stepped back, he stepped funny and, and tweaked it again. Wrong. Let me correct you right now. Uh, actually, if you, look, if you look at the uh, slow-mo footage, it does connect with the shin. It's just that it sort of rides up and then uh, it just kind of changes the angle upon, uh, upon impact. So you agree so. with me? But it was the pushing against get, the get your, get your facts straight! But yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, it was... I guess it's just the movement, the jarring movement of the uh, the, the kick changing the angle and then yeah, the shin suddenly just turning move. upright. is just... Yeah. I'm, I'm convinced that if Tom Aspinall stood in the center of the cage and refused to take a step backward, he would, uh, he would defeat Curtis Blades easily. I forget how that meme goes, but that, whatever that meme is, that's the one I'm doing. Curtis Blades will simply, you know, psych himself into ducking onto an uppercut like he did against Derek Lewis. It's just something that he does. He's too nice. He's too nice. He lets you win. He's like, you know what? This is too easy. There you go. I'm going to die now. Thank Thank you for your time. A soldier. Yeah, as I said, Tom Aspinall, you know, he is clearly a talented young heavyweight and it would be a shame to see his career just like be kind of cut short by his body just falling apart from him doing too many things. And he really just needs to study closely the career arcs of, like, Cain Velasquez compared to, like, Derek Lewis and just look at those two guys and just be like, oh, you just, you just do nothing. I think it takes, it takes a special individual to truly do nothing. I'm mostly joking. Um, I like the way that uh, Tom Aspinall fights. Um, so it sucked that that happened. I was actually looking forward to seeing what was going to happen with the two of them, and then, uh, yeah, nothing happened. So maybe, maybe next time. But also, time. <laughs> if, he gets a bit, if he gets a bit of a step back and this, like, forces him to take his career a little slower and that's okay because yeah. you know he said himself that he kind of needed that and i don't uh i would argue with that you don't strictly need a torn acl you know but yeah tom i like tom aspinall tom aspinall has this really fun style and he certainly has uh his uh, heavyweight big he's not just simply a fat guy and he has really fast hands but the one thing i would like to point out that i that perhaps could uh, net Curtis Blades the win here is the way Tom Aspinall. It's it's a mechanics. It's a question of the mechanics. And Tom Aspinall has this um, sort of reminds me of Ryan Garcia the way he tries to emphasize his already formidable hand speed, and so he just tries to get the punches in as quick as possible. But 
as a result, he kind of has this tendency to sort of uh, lift his chin up in the uh, mid-combination, especially during those one-twos. So it's something that I would like Tom to work on, and perhaps he will get time to work on it and think about it uh, going forward. Yeah, just interesting aside, I guess. Okay, well, we talked about a 15-second heavyweight fight already for way too long, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff to get through. So uh, Jack Hermanson defeats Chris Curtis by uh, being bigger than him and kicking him. Defeats him via kicking. <laughs> he did the Gus. He did the Gus, and he did it well still, enough. And still can't jab a southpaw. But if the guy, if the southpaw is way smaller than him, then he can he can run away and kick it. Well, that and the southpaw just stands there, exactly like the opposite of what you should do at middleweight. But uh, he did what Ed wishes heavyweights to do. But he just stood there. That's what he did, <laughs> and got really mad at uh, at uh, Hermanson for I don't want to uh, you know, doing the Gus beat up on Chris Curtis too much because he apologized. He was like, you know what, I I have anger issues and that was stupid. I was being dumb. Like, no, it's fine. Like that, that was a bad performance. That was my fault. Like, sorry. Um, and him and Her- Hermanson are cool now. <laughs> yeah, Chris Curtis just kind of sort of stood there, and uh, if he only like, it's like it it was like the dynamic that you frequently see in uh, when an orthodox fighter faces a southpaw fighter, and he just doesn't know what to do with it. And uh, it's, except it's the opposite. Except it's. Chris Curtis, who is a southpaw, and Jack Hermanson, who historically hates southpaws, actually had a really easy time kicking him up. Yeah, it was weird. I thought Chris Curtis was going to have a lot more ideas about getting in on Jack Hermanson. Um, he just kind of didn't. True. Um, I'm ready to move on. <laughs> yeah, Paddy Pimblett, uh, he's, I mean, he's still not that good. No. I mean, he beat Jordan Levitt. It was fucking awful, in my opinion, in fact. And uh, I am, frankly, I am shocked that Jack Slack had dared to imply that Paddy Pimblett had any positive impact on the on the card whatsoever because it was just I thought I thought what he meant by saying that Paddy Pimblett nearly saved the card was that he nearly lost. Well, I suppose I didn't. I suppose that was how was how I chose to interpret that's that. A if that's, that. That's a very charitable interpretation, mm-hmm. but it's much better. It's a much better one than the one I've had. But <laughs> yeah, so. No, I think Jack Levitt. does like Patty because he's British and has soccer alba shorts. Which is disgusting, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> now, Patty's not a good fighter, um, but he is athletic and he can grapple a bit. Um, but yeah, he was losing, and that's extremely embarrassing because Jordan Levitt's like very not good. I mean, I I had seen a couple of his fights beforehand. Like, I was like, he's not like the worst. Um, but then I saw him in this fight. I was like, oh no, like he's he's pretty bad. And uh, he he was wrestling Patty. <laughs> I was like, that's like that's bad. Levitt is <laughs> Levitt is simply the gayest heterosexual man on the on the planet, and that's the just about the only thing that's interesting about him, or the world's first lesbian man, I suppose. <laughs> I respect it. I respect that he's uh playing with his uh, his masculinity, but also like it makes him a lot more boring than he is straight. Um, like be, it also makes him a lot more annoying that he would have been. I would find him just, more marketable if he was gay, personally. Yeah, yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. This is queer baiting what he does, and uh, I find it very offensive. So yeah, if the, if they're going to keep doing this whole thing with Paddy Pimblet, um, I'd at least like to see him fight like uh, Vyacheslav Borshev, where he could definitely easily out wrestle and submit him if he chose to, but he might not, and would it, and if he didn't, would definitely get sparked out with a left hook. 
But also, if he's going to be in the UFC, on presumably on a pretty good contract, then let's get him fighting some actually good guys. Mm-hmm. I want Paddy Pimblet. That's Ilya Taporia. Taporia, or perhaps Dustin Poirier wants a softball. <laughs> the last leg of his one. career. <laughs> Let's just do that straight away. Why not? Let's do it right now. Let's do it I don't tomorrow. Know that monster Phil McKenzie has been suggesting Tony Ferguson. That's so rude. Fuck Phil McKenzie, you know. Just fucking yeah, Phil Phil McKenzie, you psycho. What are you doing? But then, if Paddy Pimblet still might get knocked out by Tony Ferguson. I mean, I guess I suppose yeah, but like even at his best, uh, Paddy Paddy Pimblet could turn out to be not as good as. Tony Ferguson at his worst, and uh, like a 100% washed Tony Ferguson could just turn out to be more athletic than Paddy Pimblett. Uh, who knows? Um, yeah, so uh, Gustafson versus Nicky Krills was uh, the most depressing fight I've ever seen. I'm not even really an Alexander Gustafson fan. This was just... Uh, guy who shouldn't have been sanctioned to fight just getting instantly dusted in a silly way it was sad both me and that uh, vehemently against uh, Gustafsson is actually good narrative but this was sad this was 100% uh, Gustafsson is just 100% done yeah 110% done and should have been uh, shouldn't have been in there with against Nicky Krills at all knocked out in a silly meme way where he caught Nicky Krills kick and Nicky Krills hit him with a hopping collar tie uppercut with his leg caught and just folded him it was absolutely miserable at least it was over quickly except he got knocked out twice which is uh worse definitely worse Rest in peace. Rip in pieces. Molly McCann absolutely saved the card against Hannah Goldie. That was the best performance on the card. It was up there. She's actually just like the spinning elbow girl now. This is the second spinning elbow KO in a row. And this one was like... She seems to actually understand them. She's not just throwing it willy-nilly. She sets them up. She sets them up in really smart ways. Like the Luana Carolina one... Um, it was off the, she off like the break, parried right? a kick. Yeah, she, she like parried a kick and didn't like immediately counter off of it, but like just used it to like like put her in position mm-hmm. to like then land it and absolutely fucking starched Luana. It was genuinely one of the most brutal knockouts I've ever seen. And then this one, um, she like uh, hurt Hannah Goldie with a right hand over yeah. the top and then pushed her in, it pushed her to the cage to just uh, pin and her in position the for the spinning the elbow. elbow yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and and then it was kind of like the uh, uh, Hikado Hamosh versus Danny Chavez one from the other week where it was like frozen from a spinning elbow mm-hmm. up against the cage and just polished off with a bunch of hooks. It was it was a fucking sick finishing sequence. Molly McCann, I do not expect big things for her. But she's a lot of fun and just keep giving her a bunch of fights like that. I appreciate that. a fighter who lets their hands go, even if they're like, she's not a good boxer, but she can, she can kind of, she can hurt people with her punches. How about that? That's how I'm going to say that. She can hurt people it's, with her uh, punches. She's got a lot of ideas. <laughs> she, she hits the body in combination and she tries to like do head movement into countering in combination and hitting the body and stuff. That's, she, she, she's doing her best. It's, she's just like the least athletic fighter in the division, probably. It's <laughs> a lot better than trying to be quote-unquote uh, technical and then just pumping one-twos yep. uh, from 15 feet away. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of that's how 
I kind of soured on that performance after Molly McCann immediately ran to hug the uh, barstool sports guy. That was so fucked know. up. <laughs> yeah, but what are you going to do? Like, fuck the toys, but, uh, you know, uh, all cheers to, the, to, the, to this guy who is my best friend, who is also an avowed racist. The contradictions were piling up. <laughs> Just, I, I couldn't handle it. <laughs> she seems nice, but, like, maybe not. Maybe a little confused. <laughs> I mean, if you were... I just don't pay attention to any of this stuff. I just enjoy the spinning elbows. You You're know? very fortunate to be able to do that. I'm, I hate myself, so I have to microanalyze every interaction. So you have to hate everything else. I mean, we're also quite possibly the two most depressed members of the website after Sriram, so what are you going to do? Yeah, you can't be more depressed than Sriram. It's, it's very difficult. It's just, I mean, it is a stacked field. <laughs> I liked the uh, it was Demir Craig fight because uh, what it happened the way that all Paul Craig fights should happen, and it just it seemed it seemed just. He didn't even get knocked it. out. Uh, he doesn't have to get knocked out. He just has to look silly and like nothing he should do. Like nothing worked. So I'm like, yeah, that's that's good. I don't I don't wish for people to get knocked out unless they're like actively bad people. <laughs> you say nothing worked, but at moments he used just the threat of weird jujitsu transitions to actually kind of bop Volkanoos me up and make him look really bad, which was, it was cool. The uh, Verdum Overeem two situation where he's actually doing pretty well on the feet, but he won't stop pulling guard and he loses because of it. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love Paul Craig and watching him do his things. And recently, he's just had like the perfectly like just perfectly suited like string of matchups mm. to for him to actually be able to just win by triangle over and over like when he got matched up with Nicky Krills I was like there's no way he doesn't win by first triangle <laughs> first round triangle that's the only only way that fight goes and the Jamal Hill fight was, was the funniest thing I've ever seen that one upsets it, me it though incredible. because Jamal Hill like has a lot of potential to not be embarrassing but then he embarrassed me yeah he got uncollived yeah. <laughs> yeah he got uncollived like you know like Losing to Paul Craig isn't even instructive as a light heavyweight prospect. It's just a weird thing. It just means they're exactly sometimes. as bad as Shogun is in 2022. <laughs> no, it doesn't even mean. You, doesn't, I don't even Shogun mean lasted longer. Paul, Paul Craig's <laughs> just an absolute wild card. But, but also, with people like me who enjoy Paul Craig do need to be aware that there is a certain level of MMA fighter who just beats Paul Craig because that's a stupid way of fighting that isn't supposed to work and you shouldn't do it. Paul Craig could be the fiercest looking MMA fighter on the planet if you hadn't known how he actually fights. That's how <laughs> I would put it. It's like, you know, it's, it's like the, the MMA, it's the fighting equivalent of a man who acts like a dominant stereotypical alpha male in all situations, but then is suddenly into diaper fetish stuff in the bedroom. Like uh, he's like, oh baby, uh, you you go to a date with him and he treats you to a five star dinner, you know, and then he goes, uh, you go to the hotel room, he gives you a ride, and then and he's like, change my binky, please, mama, I, I make a stinky doo doo in my diaper. That that's how it feels watching Paul Craig to me. That that's only the first shit related joke I have, but I'm saving that, saving the other one for later. Yeah, Paul Craig. Paul Craig learned to finish your takedowns challenge. Don't just get a really deep injury and then pull guard. Like, actually, try to finish the takedowns. Don't just default to pulling guard. You get in so deep, you could finish those. You saw, also look you know, light heavyweights. They just fall over sometimes. Just drive. Could also could also just look up the definition of a sweep in the Urban Dictionary or That's something. Also, also an option. 
get on top. Just play top. Like, I, yeah, it's just the commitment to being in guard that bothers me. Like, Paul there, Craig there are is other a power positions. bottom is what is he? He's just a power bottom is what he is. He just wants you to pound him. Ed, hear me out. No. Go ahead. Triangle. You could triangle from top. I mean, I guess. Or you could set people up to try to reverse you into triangles. There's, if you, you want to submit someone off your back, you can start by being on top. Like it's, There are many options. It's, you, you should be nuanced about this approach. <laughs> Jiu-jitsu. Yeah. <laughs> Not whatever it is that Paul Craig is doing. No, no. Like the, the comedy of the fight was, uh, I think, was... Um, uh, it was extracted out of the fight by the two-minute mark. Like, the, the whole potential for the for comedy, then it was just As shit. soon as he didn't get that leg lock, we're like, okay. Like, okay. I, I, yeah, think, I think that's it. <laughs> I just can't believe he didn't get knocked out. Yeah, I mean, like, this is... I mean, we're shitting on Paul Craig, but I'm not. how embarrassing is it for Vulcan Özdemir for not to, to just not knock out Paul Craig? Like, how, how does that happen? Come on. He wasn't uh, pushing for it too hard. I think he was devoting a lot of focus to not making any mistakes in terms of being grappled. So he's like throwing very non-committally. But he's Uzdemir, so he doesn't need to commit. Um, he's got weird one-inch punch, game. weird power. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, he hurt him with like one of the least powerful-looking shots he hit him with the entire fight. Um, but yeah, I think he was content to just win very easily, um, which is fine. I mean, it was. He was, he was good. very <laughs> conscious of getting memed. Yeah, yeah. Which at a certain point I thought may have become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. But he did a good job. It, it, it just, I'm not, I'm not embarrassed did. for him. He, he, he did what he was supposed to do. So who can we match uh, Paul Craig up with who uh, he'll definitely triangle with? Uh, you're assuming that I know any light heavyweights and incorrect. <laughs> well, that's fine. Anyway, uh, guys, tell me about Mason Jones versus Ludovic Klein because I missed it because I was at work. Did you see it, Tuman? Yeah, sort of. Okay, uh, I, I saw it, actually. Um, Mason Jones definitely could have won that fight. Um, so first he chimbullied him by getting knocked down and kicked in the face. Um, and then he actually started to like, put pace on him and, and pressure and you know, do what his skill set is because he's a cardio and chimbully, Jones is. And uh, I think I believe he either he won the second round or he like had an argument for it. I forget. He had an argument for one of the rounds. And then the third round, he's getting his game going. And then he pulled guard on a flying triangle and was on bottom for almost the rest of the round. Um, it was one of the dumber <laughs> things I've seen in my entire life. And yeah, just I remember people like kind of hyping up Mason Jones being like, oh, like this guy's so cool. And I remember he got beat up really bad by Mike Davis. I'm like, whatever. Um, I'll give him a chance. I'll watch him. But yeah, if you're going to have like have an attritional style, like you need to be, you'll have time to put pace on people and pressure them and use what you have. Uh, you can't be someone that's like pulling guard and ending up on bottom for three, four minutes at a time. Like that, that doesn't mesh. Uh, so no, I've I've given up on him immediately. <laughs> if you're an MMA fighter in the year of our Lord 2022, if you're pulling guard, you know it's not like yeah, that's a specialty I mean, either. It's not like he's like submitting people off his back a lot. So um, I'm sure he's capable of doing it, but it wasn't working. And then yeah, just it was bad because he was on his back for a long period of time before that in another round. So he knew already he wasn't, it wasn't going to be easy to sub him off his back. And then he went there willingly again. I'm just, it just blew my mind. Um, so, yeah, the fight was enjoyable in other ways, but d- that decision just really ruined it for me. I was like, do you even want to win? Um, it hurt my feelings. Those are my thoughts. Uh, Mark Casey 
just a lay and pray wrestling now. I'm fine with that. I guess. <laughs> I want to see him do spinning shit. Wasn't Jacasey really wrestly before that? Wasn't he? It's been it's been coming on. Well well, I mean coming up um in in the UK regional circuit, he would just absolutely host people because obviously the level of wrestling was not that high and he's an absolutely bonkers athlete, particularly by the standards of like British regional MMA. So it's always been a thing that he does. But not to this extent. Uh, maybe it was just the play in his last two fights and he's been coming like how Connor used to wrestle like pretty, pretty rough matchups. Yeah, exactly. A newborn baby Max Holloway and uh, other British people. Not that he's British, but mm-hmm. British people and cage warriors or whatever. Speaking of, Nathaniel Wood uh, had a great performance. Yeah. That was not Molly McCann. That was actually the best one. <laughs> Nathaniel Wood has the Muay Thai spirit. I liked this performance. It was good fun. I don't know if he's permanently moving up to featherweight, but I mean, Charles Rosa was just the perfect canvas for him to look absolutely fantastic. I think he is trying to actually move up to featherweight, and I'm not sure I like that for him. Um, because Rosa didn't fight well at all, and I do think the length troubled him, but he did also fight Yule before. I think Yule is similarly dimensioned uh, to Rosa, and he dealt with him very easily. So, I don't know, maybe he can deal with people being long, but I'm not sure. Good fighters have looked worse against Charles Rosa en route to beating him easily. He's, a, he's so he's annoying. A weird, like... <laughs> Rosa is a piece of shit, is what he is. That's, what, that's his entire style. He's just, just a prick. Yeah, he and like Shane Burgos did not look particularly good against Charles Rosa before he simply knocked him out in the second round. So like Nathaniel Wood not getting the finish, but absolutely just shredding Charles Rosa and beating mm-hmm. him like thirty twenty. Great was, kicking! I thought I thought a good sign. Great time arch. Great kicking into punching. Nice fundamentals. Uh, great the foot sweeps from the clinch. Great clean work in the clinch as well. Uh, really like you know sort of a. Uh, a bit of a Yan vibe going on, except I guess you know, uh, if you if you, if you squint, I got real have... boss baby vibes from that fight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I I feel like featherweight could be an okay move for him, just because like maybe this was just because he was fighting Charles Rosa, but this fight made me think that maybe his style benefits from him being fast more than it does from him being long. Mm-hmm. Perhaps, perhaps. He has does have good darting footwork that lets him get in and out quick and get out before he gets clanged. Another funny thing that happened in that fight was Charles Rosa going, let's go, let's go, let's fucking go. And then once he got punched, he immediately shot for a takedown at the very last second of the fight. <laughs> he got like everything defended and then cracked like three times and then got a takedown. And then Nathaniel Wood just like smiled and clapped for him getting a takedown in the last six seconds of a fight where he got absolutely dominated. <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> Charles Rosa, I suppose, for getting a meaningless takedown. Uh, I, guess, uh, Matt, um, I guess it was a bit of a, you know, uh, a moral victory for him in a way. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Macron Amakani didn't submit a guy early and then got TKO'd in the second round. I loved that fight. I thought it was very fun. Uh, yeah? Mm-hmm. All the, uh, I it was all a, the Kimura. I thought it was a Macron Amakani ass fight. It was, and those, Macron, are, those are great fights. <laughs> Macron Amakani uh, and uh, gassing in the second round. Name a better yada, 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 yada. So I, uh, I didn't remember fight. having seen... Jonathan Pierce before, but I guess I have to have because he's had so many fights in the UFC. Like I've probably watched all his fights. My only memory, 
My only memory of Jonathan Pierce was, isn't he the guy who got like instantly dusted by he Joe Lozon? He did Lozon? get knocked out by Joe Lozon two years ago, three years ago, which, you know, not really what acceptable, but I like <laughs> it's his only loss in uh, under the, the Zufa banner, whatever you call it. It's not Zufa anymore, is it? I'm used to saying that. Uh, whatever it is. Yeah, he has a contender double, series. Double fight. UME IMG. Yeah. Know your enemy. Yeah. Know thy enemy. Sorry. But yeah, he has one, two, three, four, five, six fights, um, including contender series. And that his one loss is losing is getting knocked out by Joe Lozon in a minute. Um <laughs> the guys he beat like uh, if he had beat these guys before and then got matched up with Joe Lozon, I'd be like, there's no way. Um, but obviously he's not good because he got knocked out by Joe Lozon um, 20 years after Lozon's prime. But <laughs> You're going to lose to Joe Lozon 20 years after his prime and getting knocked out in a minute is probably the least embarrassing way for Lightweight champion Jens Pulver got knocked out by Joe Lozon when he was like 12 years old. So, you know, these things happen in MMA. Sometimes you just get knocked out by Joe Lozon when you're not supposed to. Just chalk it up to... Uh, MMA black magic and uh, don't don't analyze it but yeah no he uh, he's a fun grappler in this fight and he used a lot of like Kimura traps and he used the uh that side on defense position of the single leg to just go nuts with elbows um none of it was like super clean or good but he just was a very active grappler and he he went for stuff and it worked and I know that Americani gas is pretty hard and it's gonna make stuff work better but I just appreciated um that he did things um and seemed to like have a decent toolkit as a wrestler and a grappler. Um, but then when they got in the feet where he should have been like tearing Americani up because he was so tired, it was a, a little disappointing. But I'll uh, reserve judgment. It is really annoying that his nickname is JSP. Um, how dare you? But whatever. I liked the fight. Um, so I missed basically the rest of the cards. A- a- any quick hits? Anything happened that people need to know about? Um, Timon, you didn't see Maca- these fights, did you? Makaya Maca- fucking sucks. I didn't didn't see the fight, but I know enough. <laughs> I, I, I did see the fight. <laughs> I saw I saw I saw a highlight of him hitting that uh, suplex. Uh, except uh, he landed on his own head first, and so like technically, I think that should be scored for you know, uh, John Johnson instead of Makayev. Uh, that's about the extent of the analysis I have for this fight. Um. So I didn't know who Charles Johnson was before. He has the Olympic rings tattooed on him. What, what was he an Olympian at? I don't know. Cycling. You think Curling. so? Anything? Maybe. Uh, was he was he an Olympian? He has the Olympic rings tattooed on his back, and like Maybe oh, he just and like the, the and the 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 fucking wreath like that suggests it was the two thousand. Well, I guess they do that all the time, but the 2004 Olympics in Athens, right? They, that was more of a thing. Um, I don't know. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> apparently these two had trained together before, um, so that might have something to do with him being able to kind of stall out Makayev a little bit and just be really annoying uh, defensively. But yeah, I mean, Makayev looked effective as a wrestler um, and not as a grappler or anything else. I mean, he's got a great motor. Uh, he's strong. He's athletic. He's... His wrestling for MMA game makes sense to me. He he was getting good positions. He just needs to be actually a threat as a grappler, which I didn't really see that. Um, but again, yeah, it might be the thing. case that this is just um, an opponent that knew how to stall him out and be annoying. I don't want to dig into it too much. He's he's young. It's whatever. Um, next fight, we'll we'll take it more seriously. <laughs> it wasn't a good fight though. 
And Mikhaev talks a bunch, so obviously you're going to bring on that criticism um, if you don't deliver, and he did not. He definitely did not deliver. Yeah, he talks entirely too much, and most of the stuff he says is very hateful. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. What else is new in the world of MMA? That's MMA. Charles Johnson, I'm looking through his Instagram. He's just a weeb. I don't know what his deal is. I don't know what's sporty. I mean, I don't, I don't think he was a wrestler. I don't think he was an Olympic wrestler, but he posts a lot of wrestling stuff. I'm like, I feel like I would have known that. Maybe he's just a fan. I, just, I don't maybe, know. Maybe he's just a super fan. Maybe he's just a Walt. Maybe you're reading way too much into an MMA fighter's tattoo choice. If it was Greco, that would be an explanation about why I don't know. Oh, my but, God. Um, but that would be even more embarrassing for him, the way he lost. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, oh, right, This card was bad, though. I didn't really like it. Um, you know, actually, the Jai Herbert-Kyle Nelson fight, um, if you watched it really closely, it was fun and interesting. Uh, everything that happened was pretty neat. Uh, Nelson was doing a lot of lead leg round kicking, which I love. And he was uh, doing combos off his uh, lead round kick to the body to the uh, this fucking calf kick. I really wish he had kicked the leg normally because I'm pretty sure he hurt himself calf kicking. Um, <laughs> but it was the fight was going to trend that way anyway because he, he's a fast starter who gasses. Um, but he, he held up pretty well even when he was gassed. And they, they grappled a lot. There was a lot of clinching, um, a lot of cool, like, using you know the, the pull on the collar tie. Um, like from the wizard position or, or even the, the double uh, with your back against the cage uh, to create that space. He hit a lot of cool elbows and, um, you know, walked uh, Jai Herbert into knees. And yeah, he had a good first round and a half. And then Herbert came on really strong, also did some cool stuff. Um, it was actually a decent fight if you like clinching um, and are okay with the striking being like 20 seconds at a time. Uh, I'm um, clenching. Exactly. I liked it. And then, yeah, the other two fights were, were pretty rough. Um, Dalby won, but that was like the least effective striking I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but Claudio Silva just was super tired, so it didn't matter too much. Um, but yeah, no, that, that wasn't a good fight. Yeah. So this card was pretty you, disappointing, but it you didn't look that good on paper. London. <laughs> you see London, uh, not the worst card in MMA history. That's going to be hard to top. There's a lot of bad ones. Pretty shit. Yeah. Pretty shit nonetheless. Pretty not great. And yeah, this the over-the-top. You know, UFC obviously trying to push their their British people. I'm just like, I, I don't. I'm not the target demographic for that, so that's always just going to bother me. Maybe I don't. You 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 can speak to it. Do you like it when they do that? <laughs> no, it's, no. I think it's probably more annoying <laughs> being for me being the target. But I I, I kind of don't like most of the British fighters. It's very um, cool because you. they suck. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like like most of them are kind of kind of bad and and annoying, and and for some reason the ones who like who get a lot of hype coming into the UFC are just like the, the really obnoxious ones with super overrated skill sets like Paddy Pimbler mm-hmm. and yeah. Darren Till. And everyone goes to bat for them like simply because we, the, everyone just wants an, everyone just wants a new Michael Bisping. But you know, we've got, but like you know, Tom, Tom Aspinall it could, could be okay if his body just doesn't come you know, if just bits of him don't just start falling off constantly. We've got we've got Lerone Murphy and uh, I like Lerone Murphy. He's good. Let's see other guy's name. The South the South Southpaw dude. Which Southpaw dude? <sighs> fed, fed, featherweight. What's his, what's his name? I don't even remember these guys' names. Uh, Arnold Allen. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's fine. He's okay. 
but you know, then we got you know Leon Edwards getting brutally knocked out by Nate Diaz. Yeah, you know? yeah. This is really embarrassing for me. I'm pretty sure Charles Murphy is not Charles Murphy. Charles Johnson is a wrestler. I he just said Leon Murphy. I'm pretty sure he's a wrestler. So if he was an Olympian in wrestling and I didn't know that, then I'm going to be extremely embarrassed. But I'm pretty sure he wasn't, um, which makes him having the Olympic rings tattooed on him very strange. But I'm going to figure it out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to do this. I'm going to know. Uh, but we can Come continue. I can multitask. Us. I'm going to be able to sleep. <laughs> Come back to us uh, once you've figured it out. I will out. tell you it's as soon as I figure r- it out. But yeah. Riveting mystery of uh, the uh, strange Olympic, Olympic tattoo on the back of Charles Johnson. Let's talk about the pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah so it's, let's talk about the pay-per-view. <laughs> let's talk about the pay-per-view. Following, following up UFC London with uh, a, a pay-per-view headlined by Peña versus Nunez. It's like, you know, it's like... It's like when you take a really big shit, when you have diarrhea after drinking a lot of beer. This beers. is the second shit joke. This is the second shit joke. When you have like really bad diarrhea and then some of it gets, you know, on your hands when, you, when you're wiping your ass. And then you move to wash your hands and you use really hot water instead of cold water and it just cooks the smell in. You know, that's how it feels. That, that's the second shit joke. Thank you. Okay. So, Thumbs down. Um, yeah, so at, at least with the main event, <laughs> at least it's like guaranteed to be hilarious no matter what happens, right? Surely. I mean, we, we could uh, think about the f- possible, the funniest possible outcomes. For me, the funniest I mean, possible... The, the, I mean, that already happened. I don't... I, I, like, that was one of the most just absolutely stunning title losses I've ever seen in this sport. I, I just couldn't believe what happened. Like, it didn't seem like... Uh, Pena had any had any should should have been in there at all. And looked like she was just getting absolutely shredded, and then and she just won. Here's a fun game you can like you can play with your MMA friends who have not seen the fight. Watch the fight and take screenshots of Juliana um, Juliana Pena uh, throwing strikes, and then show the stills, uh, show the screenshots to your friends, and then ask them. If if this is Juliana Pena going for a body lock takedown, attempting to enter the clinch, or maybe like just trying to weave into the clinch, but it's a, in fact a trick question. It's just Juliana Pena trying to punch Amanda Nunez and succeeding because like it's like just her diving into it. It looks like a person swimming, you know. So yeah, and. And pe- people actually seem to be kind of divided on this fight, whether that was just like a stupid, weird freak thing that happens and that Amanda Nunes is just easily going to win the rematch or if this is just like uh, actually a dynamic of this fight. I think, and, you know... And that Peña just has Nunes' number and this is just like what's going to happen, particularly if Peña can just not get knocked out in the first round. But also just like, Amanda Nunes, can, can you not just knock out Juliana Peña in the first round? Many have tried. Uh, my money is on it happens again. The exact same fight. I think I'm leaning punch towards for, that. At punch this point. for punch. Frame for, for frame frame per frame. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is just exact same fight down to the last exact exchange. This is what uh, I'm um, well, I guess I'm, this is what I'm hoping for, I suppose. Or like this is my read as a as a professional fight analyst. Real real analysis time. I I do think that's that is the dynamic of this fight. Like that is actually how they match up because, like, assuming that Nunez is like 
going to be weird durable and that Nunez isn't going to be able to... Did I say Nunez twice? Assuming that Pena is like weird durable and that Nunez can't just like kill her immediately, which I, I think that might be the case. Um, she's <laughs> she's going to cardio bully her and she's going to chin bully her. And, you know, it just happened to happen really quickly this time, the implosion, because Nunez started to realize that she was in a tough fight um, and that she wasn't going away and felt herself getting tired. And she freaked out and completely unloaded the gas tank in a hilarious way. Was, <laughs> she looked so obviously desperate. It was never going to work. Um, and, then, and then she just completely <laughs> fell apart because she, she unloaded the gas tank. So she's not going to do that again, probably. But it'll probably just still happen, but it'll take longer because she did that because it, this was coming. Like, she was, she was fading. And it was just like, I don't know. I think... Um, Maybe there's stuff we don't know. Like maybe she yeah. is capable of not fading like that and just wasn't training the way she should have been. I know there's been stuff with her camp. Um, so let's just assume, like, assume that it's only decision-making that changes and they come into this fight the same fighter as they were last time um, but just can make different choices based on the information in the last one. Um, I would probably still pick Pena. Like, <laughs> it's based on what we know for sure. Um, I would pick something similar to happen again, but just with Pena losing for longer before she wins. Um, yeah, it's gonna just gonna be messier essentially. Yeah, I mean we've seen this a lot of times where there's like a shocking upset or somebody somebody loses. We didn't expect it quickly in like a really dramatic way, and then in the rematch, it's a lot more competitive, but the same dynamics are still kind of there, and they're having trouble with similar things. Um, like I don't know, just this is a terrible example, but. Uh, Rose Namajunas and Yoni Jacek, like the first time, she just put her out immediately. The second fight was more competitive, but the things that led to the knockout the first time are still basically what won Namajunas' yeah. fight. Um, I feel like that's kind of the case here, um, and that's not the only example. I just it stuck out in yeah, my mind. Everyone, everyone talks about how Namajunas is just uh, a much worse fighter in uh, whenever there's a rematch, and I think it's just an, a WMMA thing. Yeah, and that uh, female fighters, due to not a lot of rematches and due to standards of coaching in WMMA, they're simply like just do not adapt in uh, in good ways if mm-hmm. they adapt at all, or hideously over adapt uh, as we have seen recently. Oh yeah. Uh, um. So we're all, we're all picking Juliana Pena. Yeah. I finished. Yeah. Okay, cool. So like fourth or fifth round and not like as fast. I was going to say third. I think you're right, but I don't think it's going to take that much longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is assuming that there aren't changes made and that Nunes doesn't come in looking kind of different. Or, I mean, actually, no. I was going to say maybe uh, Nunes just like really focuses on top gaming her and taking her down the whole time. But, uh, had that work out for Kat Zingano, hmm? Hmm? Like, you don't... Basically, all the fights that Nunes could pursue here that, like, are actually long-term are going to play into Juliana Pena's thing of you beat her up and then she wins. You know what I mean? It's. I think she should just low kick. Yeah. I, th- I think getting on top of Pena... She should, she should like... kick her ass. Um, but the question is, can she kick her ass without Pena walking forward at her, throwing a slip jab, making her freak out? Um... Yeah, if she just if she just low kicks. And 
Okay, so Brandon Moreno's fighting Kaikara France again. Um, is this an interim championship? Um, I have no idea. Yep, it is. I think it I'm is. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, which provides details of that variety. And yes, it is for an interim title. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't want to get too much into the whole fucking politics of all that. Just why the UFC continues to just have interim titles out of nowhere. I don't know if they just like want to prop up cards if they're worried that the other title fight's going to fall apart. Or if, you know, most of the time it's just to uh, just like throw something in the face of a champion that they're having contract disputes with and just be like, oh, yeah, no, the champions actually don't have leverage. We'll, sim- we'll simply do another one. Um, but all of that aside, should should be a good fight. First one was fun and they've both gotten better and it's five rounds. I have a hard time seeing Kai Kaikara France winning, unfortunately. Um, like, like vis- visually. <laughs> yeah. Um, like going back and having watched their first fight, it was a lot closer than I remember it being. Um, Kaikara France, you know, <clears throat> he was, I mean, he hit Brandon Moreno with so many clean right hands, but like a lot of the dynamic seemed to come down to Brandon Moreno just having like height and reach and a ridiculous durabi- durability advantage. Mm-hmm. So even though he was just getting absolutely destroyed with, uh, counter right hands in the first round and got about as close to being dropped as you see Brandon Moreno get dropped in a fight. Um, he just started pressuring really hard and hitting the body and like not really worrying about what was coming back at him and throwing tons of combinations because Kaikara France was like countering well in the first layer, but whenever whenever he could actually extend a combination, he'd kind of be out of ideas and just run away and get punched and, and, and then kicked on axis. Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, even though Kaikara France was still having counter-punching success, counter-punching success throughout the fight, Brandon Moreno would just eat the counter and then just keep throwing. So, like like I say, they've, they've both... I kind of just expect it to be one of those things where they had a fight where they kind of set a pretty clear dynamic and they've both had some time away and had some signature wins and they're just going to have, like, a... The exact same fight the second yeah, yeah, time well, around? I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I, I think it's just going to be a more exciting, higher-level version of the, just the exact same dynamic, but over five rounds, which should make for a fun fight, but I don't really see how Kakao Francis sustains the success unless Moreno's chin falls off, but you, like, you, see, you, can't, you can't predict these things. I don't think Kakao Francis... So you, you could do the smart thing and analyze the fight that they already had and use that to draw conclusions. Uh, I'm going to do a different thing and look at their most recent fights um where again which honestly you, like you should also do because they have like had a decent time away and had some other matchups to draw from so yeah the Ascara fight for Kaikara France I mean he won but it's one of those things where it's hard to make a clean evaluation of like how his striking looked in that fight because he's probably so focused on not getting taken down um but this is a really weird thing. And he also thing. just keyed into one, like, simple tactic that let, that let him win really easily against a guy who just doesn't have that much depth as a boxer and couldn't get takedowns. I just thought he looked, like, slow to the punch, honestly. Like, not that he is slow. It just, he wasn't getting off very fast. Um, and I don't know, it was just, just kind of wide. And it, it might be that he was throwing that way because of the takedown threat and that it was kind of later in the fight where he actually got to get off a little bit more. Um, 
But yeah, I mean... Whereas Brandon Moreno didn't establish a takedown threat at all, even though that's probably and something that's, that he should yeah, do And that's much more prevalent now, I think, uh, compared to three years ago when they fought last time. He's been doing that a lot more. I mean, because the fight after their last fight was the Formiga fight. Um, I think he took Formiga down and, you know, obviously grappled really well with him. And then, yeah, he obviously he wrestled the shit out of uh, Figueredo as well. So, yeah, I, I feel like that should be a thing. Um, so that... That Miranda is actually a really serious grappling threat in this division at this point. Um, and also that I just, I just think he's faster. <laughs> I just think he's faster. I think he's going to uh, hurt him uh, in exchanges probably just because he's, he's a lot tighter um, when he's not being crazy. I mean, that, that, if you want to look at last fights, though, Moreno, Figueredo, two or three. What one was that? <laughs> three. Three. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, Moreno, Figueredo, three was... Uh, not a good look for they, either of them, in my opinion. Um, where they both they like, wanted to make super sloppy. <laughs> Marina Figueredo four. Can you imagine? I they can't wanted imagine. to actually do that. I imagine that they would fight better than the third time. Um, but yeah, just each was... of them makes one adjustment each fight. <laughs> yeah, and and they just keep trading results. Sometimes it's a bad adjustment. But yeah, I, I don't think either of these guys looked their best in their last fights. Um, but just judging by general trends, I, I feel. Like, it's a better matchup for Moreno at this point than it is for Carl Friends, just based on the way they both progressed since then. Um, but I don't know. I'm looking forward to it, though. I love flyweights, obviously. So I just would like to see it. And I don't have any super confident read. And I just, uh, I'm looking forward to it. That's all. <laughs> I just hope they both have a good time. I guess that is what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> All of that being said, I'm going to pick Brandon Moreno by like fourth round knockout. Yeah. I think if that if think of that first fight continued another two rounds, he probably could have gone a traditional stoppage. Something like that. Uh, Derek Lewis is fighting Sergey Pavlovich. <laughs> Sergey Pavlovich is like an okay addition to the heavyweight division. He's big and athletic, and he's like an okay technical boxer guy. Uh, you know, he got destroyed by Alistair Overeem on the ground one time, but that's a thing that happens. Uh, D- Derek Lewis theoretically could do that, but don't, never really presses the fact that he is an absolutely right. terrifying ground and pound artist from top. He kind of just like people just bounce off him and he just ends up on top and just just, just smushes. I don't him. know if Derek Lewis still has it, to be honest, after the. No, uh, after I kind of think fight. like him being like him for so long, him being the guy who just like will just destroy himself to find a wedge into a fight where the guy will eventually bounce off him and and just self-destruct and 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 he can find some some crazy shit uh it's just it's not going to work forever at any division yeah. it's given him surprising longevity as a heavyweight and Sergey Pavlovich i think is probably like reasonably technically and physically equipped to just have the Volkov fight with Derek Lewis, but just actually finish him this time. Yeah. On the other hand, I'm also not convinced that Sergei Pavlovich is, you know, any any uh, has any standout qualities that make him a good pick against uh, Derek Lewis to not just you know to not die instantly to a punch. I, I mean, maybe that's I'm biased because uh, Sergei Pavlovich also looks incredibly dumb, like you know, physically, just has that face. Which is which is rude of me to say, but I can't not say it. Yeah, this is the this this is just my technical analysis. This is what you come for. 
I don't you? Um, I think Pavlovich is going to win. Um, I agree that Derek Lewis doesn't have it anymore, um, which is probably just you know some of the explosivity that carries him through a lot of positions, like the way that he gets and he's up just off been bottom, finished more. Yeah, like his durability is going a little bit, and yeah, I just think his uh, his particular yeah. kind of strength. I think a lot of it does come from explosion. Um, so despite still being very strong, I think his get ups are not going to work as well. Um, and I, I could see him just getting finished in similar ways to other uh, Pavlovich opponents. Not that like, Pavlovich like needs to wrestle him, um, but I think he probably will. Um, and that's probably how it's going to go. Well, yeah. I think he definitely shouldn't wrestle Derek Lewis. And I just... think that's still like the the way to just accidentally destroy himself in the fight. You should, you should just lance him with long straight punches. He can kickbox him boringly and. Uh, uh let himself a comfortable win. And Derek Lewis, uh, he's not, I wouldn't say that he's, you know, uh, washed or shot, but he's definitely on the decline mentally is what I think. Because he's, uh, the thing that uh, carried him through all the, those fights where he came back with a win and uh, destroyed the person with a single punch or uh, knocked him into the ground, uh, yada, yada, yada. It came from being able to weather uh, extreme amounts of punishment. And he, doesn't seem like he finds it all that much fun anymore. It didn't seem like he found it fun before, judging by his reactions to strikes, especially body strikes, but now it's just I don't think he cares much for it. I would simply enjoy being punched. Yeah, why don't you? It was me. It's fun. <laughs> Moving on. Um yeah, Alexandre Pantoja fighting Alex Perez. Awesome. Um I think I think more more interesting than the title fight. <laughs> yeah, sounds like an Ed matchup to me. I mean, I kind of think Pantoja's like sh- probably should win pretty easily unless he sells out for submissions and puts himself in stupid positions, which he is want to do. You're picking Pantoja? Um, yeah. Are you not? No. Short guy wrestler bias again. Yes, true. Um, no, I've been okay. Ed, tell me about the matchup. I've been real high on Alex Perez for a long time. Uh, yeah, he. I mean, he doesn't do anything special. Um, he's just good. Um, like he, he wrestles well. He has good entries. He finishes well. He's a good top player. Uh, good control. Good transitions. Good scrambles. He's he's basically good in every position. Um, the only fight where I'm like, wow, you're dumb. Uh, that was bad. Was the Joe B fight where he like would Fig- not stop. Oh, what, what not the Figueroa fight? No, that wasn't his fault. That just kind of happens. Um, he was he was fighting. Was he was having a good performance for a minute and a half there. Um, <laughs> and Figueroa was just uh, a hoss. <laughs> it's just like ridiculous. Yeah, he just got guillotined yeah. from a position where there was no reason for him to assume that he was going to get guillotined. It'd be like that. Yeah, you didn't think it was possible. He he probably felt comfortable. He's like, there's no way he's going to guillotine me here. And then he did. Um, <laughs> so I think that's more about Figueroa being kind of a freak um, than any huge mistake on, on Perez's part, even though, like, yeah, don't don't get guillotined, obviously. But um, no, the Joe B fight was the only one where, like, tactically in, like, larger spots, I was like, oh, no, I don't like what you're doing at all. Um, every other fight I've been, I've been enjoying his approach. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's got, he's got good consistent offense. He can, he can put punches together. He hits the body, he kicks the legs, kicks the body. Um, he's aggressive. He hits hard. He's got a good chin. He's got good cardio. He's like, he can do it all. Um, whereas Pantoja is pretty fucking wild, which is cool. Um, he's a great grappler and he can wrestle, but I think his form, uh, definitely changes pretty quickly in the fight once it starts to get more intense, whereas Perez is a lot more consistent across the, uh, across the board. You know his fights have been pretty quick, but I've seen him in longer fights, and I've, I've watched more of his career, and he's very experienced. I guess the rough thing is because 
he hasn't fought in what two years something like that um fights keep falling through and i think there may have been injuries as well i'm not sure um so that weight misses too yeah i i like the matchup for him i think it's a super competitive fight but i think i kind of lean uh perez and i I think it's just gonna be really competitive and yeah i mean the nature of the fight definitely is that perez could um get fucking Something could happen to him <laughs> fairly, fairly quickly because Pantoja's that guy. Yeah, I do pick those guys to my detriment or a surprising amount of this. I time. like the long-term implications of this fight for Perez. I think I think it looks good for him as it goes. Um, but yeah, I, just, I, 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 I hope I, it, I would hope probably it goes. agree. Like I, <laughs> like like I say, particularly uh, particularly depending on Pantoja's brain thinking on the ground as it goes deep. If he can't finish Perez early, um. But like, but he 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 really might, or he might just you know scare the shit out of Perez and just be able to kind of kick him up for a medium pace mm-hmm. for the rest of the fight. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that one the most uh, in terms of any fight in the card, pretty much. Even more than the one we're going to talk about next, which I know crazy. Uh, yeah, Mag- Magomed Ankalaev, the ankles, <laughs> Ankylosaurus. Uh, find Anthony Smith. Um. Anthony Smith's got a pretty good triangle. <laughs> is that, is that so, the only way to beat Uncle Life? Is, is that the only way to beat Uncle Life? Is just randomly so incredibly, incredibly susceptible to getting triangled? Just like a kryptonite of his? Uh, no, like probably not. Because like I said, just losing to Paul Craig is like doesn't even mean you're bad. It's just a thing that happens at light heavyweight. Yeah, I mean, Uncle Live should win very easily. I don't know how to assess Anthony Smith. He's just like a weird dividing line to actually good heavyweights where there's a certain level of heavyweight that just like bounces off him for some reason. Then anyone above that level just like absolutely destroys Anthony Smith. I don't know. He's, he's, he's fucking weird and inconsistent, but dangerous. I don't know. I'm not going to analyze Anthony Smith. I am. I'm boycotting. Um, I'm just still going to pick uh, Anthony Smith by triangle. Go for it. Um, it's your right. It's your privilege. <laughs> we live in a free world. It's a free country. Nobody, nobody America is a free me. country. There's, there's no consequences if I'm wrong. Um, someone will call me stupid on the internet. Who cares? Uh, any quick hits from the rest of the card? Uh, I mean, the, Drew Dober yeah. versus Rafael Alves is like fun. That's the one. Just, yeah, fun. They're both that's, just explosive as just fuck. Two that's going to strong sh- fellas have a banger. doing, trying to kill each other. Mm-hmm. That's what we love. It's what we live for. That's why <laughs> the sport exists. Yeah. No, I think Dober is a uh, better, but Dober is also not impervious to someone just exploding on him super fast. Um. It, and Alves, uh, I don't know what his how it's possible, but he can definitely sustain that style for a lot longer, for a lot more bursts than I would give him credit for. Seeing him do it like on a first round, I'm like, okay, there's no way he's going to do that eight more times in this fight. But even like the Ismagulov fight, you're like, okay, eventually he's going to become a lot less effective with this. But he uh, he kind of hung in there, so uh, I do fear him. I fear his powers. <laughs> even though he lost the Ismagulov fight, all anyone was sure. talking yeah. about. <laughs> Yeah, all all anyone was talking about after that fight was the scramble where he did like a fucking break dancing move to get back to his feet. Yeah, he started he started a Granby and he ended up on his head and he he spun on his head and got back to his feet. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, no, I, he's not like that bad at fighting, um, like at, in terms of skills. Um, but yeah, the, the X factor is definitely that he's a dummy athletic 
Um, and Dober, Dober is a good athlete too. Um, but Dober's thing is that he's like super fit. Um, I don't think he's like, I don't, I don't gonna say naturally, but they just have a very different type of physicality. Um, but I think Dober's is way more, has way more longevity. He can definitely keep up his style for a lot longer and he's going to engage with him. So I think they're going to have a firefight. Um, and hopefully Dober survives the, uh, the rough spots and, and can pull it out. Cause I do not like to see Dober lose. Um, at all, he seems like, no, a very, like Drew Dober. He's like, like a very nice guy, and uh, he uh, did an interview with uh, Shriram and Danny Martin, and he was shirtless. Bless him for that. Yes, you you always got to root for Drew Dober. He's he's a ton of fun, always has great fights, and you know he might get randomly submitted in this fight, uh, but if he doesn't. And Alves starts to fall apart at all, then Dober will fuck him up real good. Yeah. Now he's gonna give up takedowns. That's that's happening. But <laughs> as long as he survives, um, we're okay. Does Alves do actual takedowns though? Yeah, he'll do. Like he, I mean, he tried to wrestle Ismagulov uh, a decent amount. Um, that was part of what, what was weird about that fight. Um, it might have been like situational that he was like crashing forward so much. He's like, guess I'm on the legs now. Um, but I mean, he is—he is capable of it. And I mean, if you're someone that's about to fight Drew Dober and you are capable of wrestling, you probably want to try to factor that into your approach. So I'm just gonna make a ton of assumptions and say, yeah, he's gonna try to take him down. But um, guess we'll find out. Well, I hope he doesn't. Oh no, I—I—I I, I, you know, surprisingly, I usually don't hope that. I only hope that there's wrestling and fights where I'm confident that I'm going to enjoy the wrestling that happens. Um, if you're just gonna yeah. wrestle badly, I don't want to see it at all. Keep that out of off. off off my screen. Don't do it. Um, but yeah, this there's, is a fight where I think it's fine. No, I want to see these two guys just if, slanging some heat. A, yeah, exactly. There's a big difference between like, you know, doing a wrestling and, you know, actually wrestling. The, the wrestling. <laughs> yeah. The good stuff. Yeah, it's just, it's just rude to take Drew Dober down. You know? I didn't, didn't, I think Riddell wrestled him. Oh, a bunch. Yeah. They, 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 were, they took each other down a bunch in that. They were like really equally matched as grapplers and wrestlers. Yeah, Riddell was like, I can wrestle. And Drew Dober was like, I'm from Nebraska. So obviously <laughs> we can wrestle. Um, it's in my blood. But doing uh, race science with Midwestern Americans. Anyway. What is the general shape of, of the skull? Square. Uh, amongst uh, square. Midwestern Americans. Completely square. Batter corn cob. Okay. Those are the two morphs that they come in. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Shout out to all of our Midwestern American listeners. I know you agree. Um, yeah. Shout no. out Oshkosh, <laughs> Wisconsin. Never been to. I wonder. No, I, I wonder to. if people in Wisconsin consider themselves in the Midwest. I wonder if there's debate about that. Mm, some do, I presume. At least the red letter media guys constantly talk about being flyover cows. So I guess there's that. There's a lot of infighting about this. Like uh, people from Buffalo, New York, consider themselves Midwestern, and uh, pe- people in the Central Midwest disagree with that. Yeah, Buffalo, then... New York. Come <laughs> on, no, no, no. I, as a, a, unfortunately a Russian citizen, do not consider people from Buffalo to be Midwestern. <laughs> Let it be known to the world. Sorry, you're so alienated from this conversation, Silas. Can't weigh in on uh, territorial disputes. Just be more American. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for a chance to end this podcast. End it. Do it. Put us out of our Let's misery. Do it. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do the plugs, and I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. Well, uh, but thanks for coming on, guys. Um, don't thank us. 
we did a bad job. You shouldn't be thankful. <laughs> no, no, this is a great podcast. The guys will love it. Yeah, of course, this has been the Forbidden Technique podcast. If you enjoy this content and all of the other great stuff the Fight Side puts out, please consider supporting us on Patreon. We're a pledge just As an aside, contact. sorry for the interruption of your very important plug. If you support the no, Fight Side, you're actually supporting my fucking immigration and me fleeing an oppressive country that's currently at war. <laughs> That's it. That's, that's the plug. And if you don't support so, the fight site, you're supporting him uh, getting deported and uh, shipped off to, for, to die. Put on the front Russia lines yes, for so to die as, as cannon fodder. Yeah, you are you are killing yeah. Tumen if you don't uh, support the fight site on Patreon. Like literally, that's literally you, that's you want him to die if you, don't, if you don't give us money. Give us you money. Say, if you love Vladimir Putin and you don't want Tumen to escape the gulag, then don't support the fight site on patreon and if you actually need more reasons than that then a pledge of just three dollars gains access to an absurdly huge uh, library of really high quality analytical content and then a pledge of five dollars gains access to the discord server where we have a great community of uh, fight fans from a ton of different backgrounds where we always have great discussions you can come talk to staff you can come hang out, hang out with us while we watch fights on fight night it's always great fun i spend a ton of time in the discord <laughs> Like uh, if, I'm like constantly there. This <laughs> is because I have nothing better to do. I just show up every once in a while so people can hit on me, and then I pop back out until my ego is satisfied for the day. Yes, yeah, so if you want to hit on Ed, yeah, pay five dollars. Five dollars. Flirt with me, and uh, you can catch us next week where I should be back with my regular co-host, and we can break down UFC Fight Night. Tiago Santos versus Jamal Hill. Hey. Yeah. I don't think Charles Johnson has credentials. I've been looking a long time and I just, there's nothing. And oh, yeah. So he's, he's just a weeb for the Olympics. I he guess. just has, a, I, don't, I don't know. He, he has a couple of posts where the highlight of the post is like his Olympics tattoo. And one of them, like the first one he showed it on, he it was like an Icarus. It was like a quote from Icarus. And I was like, are you saying that like you, you got that tattoo because you thought you were going to be in the Olympics and then you weren't? I don't think he came close because I have no idea who he is.